This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice. I'm Carl Wiley, CEO of Allstate Protection Plans, and I've always loved retail because it is that last mile connection to the consumer. And it's the venue that creates that moment of delight when consumers get their hands on the product that they're excited about and in a venue that they enjoy shopping in. So it's that consumer connectivity is really passionate for me. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Good. I'm here today with uh, my co-host, Rob Sanchez, as well. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing really well. Awesome. Well, I thought we'd jump right in. Excited to have Carl. This is a topic that I am very specifically interested in, both personally and professionally, having worked in and work in the physical side of retail. So it's always exciting to have a guest from there. Carl, do you mind just introducing yourself, the company, and then we can kind of do a deep dive into what I think is exciting about insurance and retail today? Sure. Thanks. Happy to do that. So yeah, I'm the CEO of Allstate Protection Plans. And uh, maybe I'll just give you a little bit of background on what Allstate Protection Plans is and where it came from. We started as a startup company called Square Trade that about a decade ago was created to really take a different approach to the product protection industry or the extended warranty industry. Uh, it was an industry that was very sleepy, I would say, not the, the greatest customer uh, service reputation and pretty devoid of innovation. And so that was really our aim was to disrupt and turn that on its head and with a very different approach that, that we can get into. We had a lot of success in retail, uh, signing up some large customers, and that attracted the attention of Allstate about four and a half years ago, who was looking to expand their strategy beyond just the traditional home and auto insurance that you know I'm sure everybody's familiar with, to a much broader sort of circle of protection, we call it, where we're providing protection for all the things that are important in people's lives. And in today's day and age, obviously, whether it's your cell phone or your laptop or your washer dryer, uh, you know, these things are really important. And uh, if something goes wrong, you need to be taken care of. And so Allstate approached Square Trade. Uh, marriage is consummated relatively rapidly. And so for the last four years, we've been part of Allstate and we rebranded here in the U.S. from uh, Square Trade to Allstate Protection Plans to take advantage of that Allstate branding, which is so uh, known and trusted across the U.S. And so today we've grown to cover products for almost all the major retailers in uh, the U.S. So, you know, our marquee clients include the Home Depot, Walmart, Target, Costco, Sam's Club, Amazon, and many others. We've also expanded globally. So we have a, a business in Europe and most recently Japan and Australia. And our customer base has grown to be just about 140 million global policyholders live today. So uh, we've gotten some real traction in the marketplace, both here in North America and across the world. I think people who listen to the show can be on a really wide spectrum about how this product can be you know, helpful or why it's needed certainly on the, the, the big box side, but also what about if you're a smaller retailer? Device protection is relevant to uh, you as a retailer, no matter what size you are. The value it brings is, is multiple fold. So first of all, it's just good economics, right? It's a product that's, um, you know, since we've come in and kind of disrupted the industry and addressed a lot of the, the sort of traditional customer service concerns, people actually want this product. Our statistic is 
based on our surveys, is about 60% of Americans have bought a protection product before. So it's a popular, it's a popular thing. And so as a retailer, it's kind of a no-brainer that you want to grab that basket expansion opportunity to sell something as, a, as an add-on along with your core products. So that's the sort of basic economic argument. But in today's day and age, I think what's really important about it is it's a way to extend the relationship with your customer as a retailer. So, you know, you're competing, obviously, you know, with everybody else in the marketplace. If you're a small guy, you're competing with other small guys with the big box. Big boxes are competing with each other. And once you've gotten that customer, you know, in your door or onto your website, you want to do everything you can to retain them for the long run. And so by selling them protection, you're basically saying to them, this is not just a one-time transactional moment where you're going to sell, buy a product from me, but actually we're going to take care of you if anything goes wrong. And so in that way, you kind of extend that relationship for two, three years, whatever the, the extent of that plan is that you sold. So that's like super, super important from a retailer's perspective. And you know, when you're looking at that, you want to make sure you're picking a partner that you feel comfortable with who's going to take care of your customers, right? And and so, you know, again, the power of uh, the product we provide coming from a brand like Allstate, who customers are going to recognize and say, okay, I know who stands behind that product, right? It's not some no-name or white-label product where I have no idea where I'm going to get the service. This is this is a brand I know and trust. You know, and our ability to, to deliver uh, service features that are that are really valuable to the customer, like fast service, fast online claim approvals, things like that. So. You know, again, from a retail perspective, it's really about both economic opportunity, but also really the ability to have that longer term relationship with your customer. Because if something does go wrong and then we take care of them through their protection plan, they will thank the retailer, right? They will come back and say, hey, they, they not only sold me that product, but, you know, because they sold me that great protection plan, they took care of me. I may come back to them when I have another need in the future. I'm curious, I'm rarely offered if I'm buying uh, dry goods like a cashmere sweater that I'm getting insurance. So is it particular categories? And certainly, you know, I'm sure you'd love to insure everybody. Is there room to be innovative, you know, for these categories where I'm not being offered this for my, my product? Well, first of all, I think it's important to understand that there's sort of two types of coverage right, that we offer. Um, one is your sort of traditional extended warranty, which is if a product has a mechanical failure or a breakdown, basically if it breaks, right? It's beyond the manufacturer warranty. We'll take care of that. We'll repair it. We'll replace it. The other type of coverage we offer is, is what we call accidental damage. So traditionally, we call it protection against drops and spills. So you drop your cell phone, you spill your coffee on your laptop, that sort of thing. Stuff that is not purposeful, but it's an accident. Things happen. That tends to, to be on, on portable items more, more often than not. So with that in mind, what do we cover? So for sure, we cover you know anything with an on-off switch is a simple way to think about it. So broad range of consumer electronics, you know, again, from mobile phones, laptops, televisions, into uh, white goods, major appliances, refrigerators, really running the whole gamut of that. But beyond that, you know, we've moved very strongly into furniture, which is an interesting uh, category because furniture both has mechanical breakdowns, but a lot of accidental damage is possible there. So even the highest quality furniture will still suffer if somebody spills their wine on it by accident. And so that's a great opportunity to provide people peace of mind. If you're going to spend $2,000 on a couch, you, know, you want to know that that can be taken care of if something goes wrong. We cover um, other non-electronic items as well. We've got coverage on optical, so eyeglasses coverage, same thing, you know, glasses break. 
Jewelry is another one that we cover. So there's a pretty broad spectrum, like you say, and I would say anything that has the opportunity to, to get covered for accidental damage could potentially be a candidate, and we could look at that. I don't know about your cashmere sweater um, as much, um, but uh, you, you know, again, at the, at the end of the day, anything where a consumer might end up in a bad situation because that product went wrong or something accidental happened to it is potentially up for grabs. I was recently inside of a, a big box electronics store and somebody had bought a, they bought a game console, but it was just the wooden structure, you know, and then you put your own screen and so on inside. And they were at the checkout line for 20 minutes going through coverage options that they were told that they needed only to find out that it only covered like mechanical failure of the electronics, but all they bought was the wood console. So it was really interesting to see the inflexibility of that store's policies. So it's interesting to see you building out that flexibility. And it kind of leads me to the question about how do you handle underwriting on different products? And how do you work with the retailers to set up to match the SKUs that they have in store? A lot of good stuff to unpack there. I guess the first thing I would start with is you know, your point about actually coverage and exclusions is a really important one. And that's one of the reasons that the industry was ripe for disruption 10 years ago when we came and hit it, which was in the kind of traditional world of extended warranty protection, the, the best way to make money if you're a warranty provider is to avoid taking claims. Because if you don't have to take a claim, you don't have to incur the cost of servicing that claim. The second best way of making money is to uh, service those claims as inexpensively as possible. And so uh, the way that traditionally folks avoided claims is two things. They, one, just made it difficult, right, to, you know, figure out how to even file a claim. You call, you have to wait on hold for a long time. You get frustrated. You feel like it's not worth it. And the second is lots of gotchas, fine print, lots of exclusions in the terms and conditions that nobody actually reads. You know, so then when it comes time to file a claim, we're like, oh, sorry, you know, turns out that only scratches on the left-hand side of the table count and the ones on the right-hand side are not covered. And so that was one of the changes that we made, which is our approach to this was going to be, if you buy an accidental damage plan, you're covered for accidental damage. If you don't and you try to claim accidental, maybe that would be an exclusion. But basically, we're going to take all valid claims and we're going to make it as easy as possible, right? Whether it's through our filing on the phone, through our app, through 24-7 call center, super easy, lots of instant claim approvals. And instead, we are going to make money by innovating, using technology to make the servicing less expensive and actually faster and better for customers. So that's just point number one is, you know, you're absolutely right. Traditionally, people get very frustrated because of all these exclusions. And we have tried to just be as expansive as possible. Um, and that's one of the reasons people have liked, you know, working with us is because we provide better coverage than what they're used to. And so there's fewer customer complaints and escalations. So that's point number one. How do we underwrite? Well, we underwrite and, you know, do the actuarial analysis, just like almost any other insurance product, right? At the end of the day, you're, you're looking to, to model what the frequency of claims is going to be, and then what the cost is going to be to actually service those claims. And the cost of services claims is going to be based on how we think we can resolve those claims best for the customer. So will we be able to repair it, which is oftentimes the best for customers because it's the fastest. They don't have to get a new device. And it's also tends to be less expensive. But then there's going to be some times where we're going to go get you a replacement device or a replacement product because for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense to repair. And then there's going to be some times where, you know, we may just write you a check because there's no replacement available. So we build pretty extensive models and we've been doing this for 10 years with, you know, so many retailers. So we have, you know, millions and millions and millions of products that we've covered. And so we have pretty extensive database of incident data where we look at product type, 
Also product price is a big piece of it. So, you know, the frequency of claims on lower price products is lower. People tend not to bother as much. Frequency on higher price products, obviously much higher. If my $2,000 television breaks and I have a warranty on it, I'm, I'm gonna use that, right? So basically just think of us as having a big data sort of cache in the background that we use to model our own projected costs going forward. And then we use that for pricing when we sit down and, and talk to a retailer. And so the other big thing of data we have with all of our retailers is, you know, we have lots of data on, you know, what retail price points attach at what rates relative to the product price with the retailer. And we'll, we'll literally look at all their assortment and we will, you know, as a consultative sort of service, provide them uh, proposals of what their SKU assortment should look like of warranty products and, you know, how we want to break that into different price bands at different price points that we think is going to be optimal for them to uh, generate the most revenue through the most uh, combination of attach rate and, and retail price point. So it's really a giant data analytics exercise. And that's, again, one of the things that we've really built using technology and you know behind it to build expertise and then we bring to bear for all of our retailers no matter the size. I'd love to get into the why now and the COVID side of it. The timing is right for the expansion of the product because of the the impact of you know the shifting retail landscape right now and the rapid acceleration of changing inside of retail strategies. So I'd I'd love to hear from you like why are you expanding into the the smaller retail locations and how's that going? And then also like, how are you looking at accelerating that as well? Yeah, great. No, thanks. So uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit just about this expansion because we haven't really covered that yet in detail. So, you know, Rob, what you're referring to is the launch of our newest service, which we call Allstate Protection Plans Express. So uh, everything we've been talking about, you know, today is our core service that we've been building over the last 10 years. And Exactly to your point, over the last couple of years, and particularly with the pandemic and the shift to buying online more than in stores because of all the lockdowns and you know restrictions that people have had, there's been an amazing explosion in diversity of retailers, right? So you know, of all shapes and sizes, uh, it's really easy to put an online presence up and start to attract you know traffic and compete. And so for us, you know, as I mentioned, we do work with a lot of the big box folks. And I think over the years, uh, our growth has been concentrated there. And I think we've always been open for business for, for retailers of all sizes. But because our growth was so concentrated in these large folks, I think there was a perception out there that Allstate's product was really only available for folks like that who wanted to do big customized programs. And so we sort of began to realize that there was a huge chunk call it the long tail, or what you will, of, of smaller um, folks, could be retailers, could be manufacturers who sell direct, really anybody who has got a presence out there. And as I said earlier, they want to offer protection as well. And so what we realized is we had not done a good job of, of leaning into that and reaching out to them and kind of opening our doors. And so what we've put together with, with our Express product is really a streamlined version of all the great stuff that we do that makes it really, really easy for a retailer of any size to, to sign up with us. And so it's a combination of technology. So, you know, at the end of the day, there needs to be a simple way for any retailer to be able to tell us what warranty products they've sold and so that we can then create those warranties and service those warranties in our system. 
And so we have a piece of technology we call the Falcon API. And, you know, an API is just an integration tool for two computer systems to talk to each other. And it's a very, very simple set of instructions that any retailers, you know, IT person can create a file that, that basically gets sent through that API. And so it can be set up in a matter of days. And then it's a streamlining of, you know, simplified pricing, simplified contracting, simplified merchandising, you know, integrations, it basically all packaged up into a really, really easy to digest tool. And then we put a team behind it uh, who's focused on, on the outreach to these uh, smaller folks to make sure they know that we're open for business and, um, you know, ready for them to come join us. And, and we'll provide, as I mentioned earlier, all the kind of consultation around what should the program look like? How should you price it? What products should you cover? You know, we really try to make it as turnkey as possible so that a retailer of any size can be up and running, you know, in a matter of weeks with us uh, very, very quickly and start to generate both the revenue and the, the benefit of that, that customer relationship that we talked about earlier. From a consumer perspective, does the pricing change based on the size of the retailer? Are there different risk profiles? Yeah, well, so... I think there's a couple of things. So first of all, to be clear, you know, the retailer can decide to, to price the product to the consumer at whatever price point they want. And different retailers take different strategies, right? Walmart's pricing strategy is different from Target's pricing strategy, which is different from Costco's pricing strategy, right? They're, and they are all thinking about how they want to position the product for their customers. And the same thing would go for small retailers as well. You know, one of the interesting things is We've found over over time that from an elasticity perspective, there isn't a ton of sensitivity to pricing around warranty, at least when you're in a certain range, right? If you sell, you know, if you offer warranty for $18.99, you could probably offer that same warranty for $19.99 and sell just as many of them. You know, now if you offer it for $29.99, you're probably starting to get out of a range. You'll impact that, but. You know, again, other retailers would say, look, I want to offer it for as lower price as I can because that's what I stand for for my customers and, and I'll take a little bit less margin you know, for myself on that, but I'll probably sell more plants. So it's really a retailer by retailer decision. Our pricing underneath it all, yes, there's lots of, of factors that go into it. Like I said, the type of products being covered, this certainly, you know, as an insurer, we're pooling our risks. So if there's a really big retailer that sells lots and lots of products across a wide range, it's easier for us to pool our risk versus, you know, a retailer may sell one product that we're covering. So, you know, it's hard to answer the question very specifically because literally everyone is, is a little bit different and unique. But what we've tried to do with this is streamline and standardize our pricing kind of on a product by product basis. So, you know, it's not going to take us weeks to do uh, analysis and get, you know, a pricing offer that, that's really good and really attractive in front of a, a retailer, no matter what their size. I'd like to pivot a little bit to your background. So before we do that, I wanted to ask you uh, if there's anything else that we've kind of missed inside of this conversation that you think is really important that the audience should know. The one thing we didn't really talk about at all is just fundamentally how our approach has been different in the market to those traditional providers. And I think that's worth chatting about a little bit. And you know, I'll give you a little overview of, of how we changed the approach. I talked about it a little bit, right? The first was like, instead of, of trying to make it difficult to file claims, like we've tried to be expansive in our coverage. I think the brand is another piece that we talked about. So traditionally, warranty providers are, are not well-known customer brands. Nobody, you can't name another one, right? It's really hard to come up with one. And oftentimes their programs were even white labeled. So they were, you know, maybe under the retailer name and there was, you know, some company who's named on the terms and conditions who's actually going to provide the service, but you don't know who they are. The big problem with that, not only do consumers not necessarily trust that product, 
but th there's no incentive. There, there's no research transparency and researchability around who the provider is. So like, I literally have no idea. And that company, because they're not branded and they have no reputation out in the marketplace, has no incentive to stand behind that product. And so even before we were part of Allstate, we changed that completely by saying, we're going to be square trade. We're going to be out there. You can research us. You can see our ratings and reviews online. And we're going to stand behind our brand because that is... We want our brand to be something that people would recognize in retail and say, ah, that's, you know, it's a little bit like Intel Inside used to be or, or whatever similar example to that. So that was a, a big difference. The third big difference was really we built this company. We're talking about warranties and insurance. We're really a technology company at our heart. We, you know, have built, we're a Silicon Valley startup at our, you know, that raised a bunch of money early on. And, and we used that money to build a tech platform that was very modern, flexible, but we use data to be able to innovate on service. So I can give you a couple of examples like of that. Traditionally, um, a warranty provider, when they get a claim from a customer, they may approve that claim and then they will basically hand you over to a service provider to get whatever repair you, you, you want done. And that often doesn't go so well because you know, you're trying to call each other on the phone. You never know that you know, they'll call you back for days. And there's nobody to call for help, right, if something goes wrong. Our approach has been very different, which is all of our service providers are integrated into our platform. So we can provide what we call an end-to-end -end fully managed service experience for the customer. So we know every step of the way where a claim is and where that device is. We know if it's been dropped off by the customer because we have the, the FedEx mailing label that we send them. We know if it's been received at the partner. We know if it's been repaired. We know all of these things. And that's, again, because of the technology, we have that visibility because we're sharing data on an integrated fashion with all of our providers. That enables us to do a couple things. It enables us to create what we call nets that basically catch a claim if something looks like it might be about to go wrong, if it looks like something is getting delayed, or if it looks like there's an issue. And then we have a dedicated team of people who monitor these nets and then go in and proactively intervene if they think something might be going wrong. Most of the time we can write whatever is going wrong, but if we can't for whatever reason, we'll at least be able to reach out to the customer and tell them what's going on and try to work with them to get a better resolution. And this isn't because we're nicer people. It's just, it's just that we actually built the tech that enables you to do that. And it's not easy to do. So what that has resulted in is the number of times that a customer escalates back to a retailer or on a social media channel about their experience has become infinitesimally small with us. And that's a huge benefit versus the old school programs. Retailers used to pull their hair out because customers would be sending unsolicited emails to their CEOs complaining about their warranty provider service, right? And that noise is super painful for any, any retailer and certainly for the, for the merchants running that program. So again, using technology to provide better service is really critical and core to what we do. And then the final piece that I'll mention on technology, and then you know, if you've got follow-up questions, we can go into any of it in more detail. The technology enables us to have the data that we need in order to provide faster service and be able to guarantee that service. So another example I would give as a sort of anecdote, we mentioned the Home Depot. Our Home Depot program offers customers a guarantee that 
if they need to get their appliance repaired, we'll have an appointment available to them within a minimum of three business days. And in the top 100 metros in the US, we're offering two business days. Nobody else in the industry has ever done this. It's literally unprecedented. And the reason we're able to do it is because of the technology we've built and how we service appliance claims. And essentially, again, rather than the traditional model where we just hand you off to a tech and then you've got to make an appointment, and then they come in and they try to diagnose what's going on and they probably have to come make another appointment because they order the parts. We've built the tools to be able to do the diagnostics on the phone with the customer when they call to file their claim. About 20 or 30% of the time, we can actually help them solve the problem without even sending a tech because we have the data that says, oh, you know, you're describing these symptoms. Here's what you have to do to fix it, right? Sometimes you just do a factory reset, you clean the lint filter. There, there's a, a number of things that, that, that you can do. Yeah, that loud clunk, just shake it like this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so and if that doesn't work, at least what we've also done is we've been able to diagnose the problem. And we have databases of, you know, makes, models, serial numbers, schematics. Our, our agents can know exactly what part needs to be ordered. We place that order while the customer's on the phone with us, and we FedEx the parts overnight to the customer's house. Why is that important? Well, that means that you don't have to have a second visit most of the time because when the technician comes, the parts are already there and we already know what the problem is. And the final piece of it is, again, we've used technology to integrate with our technician providers so we know what their schedule is. So there's no like, here's the name of your tech, they'll give you a call. We actually say, okay, when are you available for an appointment? Our agents, and again, this is on the first phone call with us where you file the claim, are able to actually make an appointment at a specific time window that a tech is gonna come and take care of them because we can see that those techs are available. So you know, we've taken, in doing all of this, we've been able to leverage our technology to take what has traditionally been sometimes a two to three week process end to end of getting your washer, your dishwasher, your refrigerator fixed to something that can take three days very reliably. And we're able to offer that you know, as a selling feature and a guarantee, which it creates, this, again, this virtuous cycle of like the warranty is now a product that you actually wanna buy because as a customer, I can see why it's a beneficial product and why the service is great versus the kind of scare tactics, which used to be used like the 20 minutes, you know, uh, diatribe that you're <laughs> experienced in the store that you described earlier. So sorry for the slightly long-winded anecdote there, but I think it's a really good illustration of how we are different and what we have built that enables that, that differentiation. It's almost like the omnichannel of insurance. So you really have such visibility and that everything is connected versus what it used to be. I'm for sure. I've got some great examples, by the way, having little flashbacks of using warranties right now. <laughs> That's right. Look, and, and we're not perfect, but we, when we do mess things up, uh, you know, again, we have teams of agents who are who are empowered actually on the front line to make things right for customers. And so I think another flashback you might have is like, if you do have a problem, usually, you know, other providers, their frontline agents will be, you know, again, it's a little bit like buying a used car. It's like, well, I got to go talk to my manager, right? And so then, you know, you got to wait for a callback and all that. And we've always worked to basically say, look, our agents, once you have somebody on the phone, if they have a problem, you make it right. And that's what we do. So... Are you a going forward service for a retailer or are you able to take over back warranty claims and or like back warranties and sort of onboard an existing legacy? We're able to do both for sure. It's the, the process of taking over a back book, as we would call it, the sort of legacy uh, program is uh, a little bit complicated because 
it involves coming to a financial or an administration administrative relationship, not just with the retailer, but with whoever owns the back book, right? Whoever the prior provider was. There are a lot of different ways that we can go about doing that. And we have done it in some cases. Oftentimes it's a little bit hard to make uh, happen a reality, but we're, we're always open to it. Coming up next, we're gonna learn about Carl, the human being. Nothing scary, we promise. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell. And you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. Carl, I'd like to dive a little bit into your background because you're not an insurance guy, quote unquote, right? Like you're really coming in from that consumer side, the startup side, the e-com and online retail. And so I'd love to get a, a picture of your journey and what led you here besides just seeing a hole in a market. It's a great question. I know it looks a little, yeah, it is a little bit of a leap to go from kind of consumer tech and e-commerce um, into here, but it, I'll explain it. It makes a little bit more sense than it does on a, on a LinkedIn page, probably. You know, I came out to, to Silicon Valley a little bit more like about 25 years ago. And, you know, I was lured out here for the same reason that, that many people come out to Silicon Valley, which is that you were seeing companies who were, again, disrupting traditional ways of doing things. They were using technology to create better service experiences, better products, better ways of doing things that made consumers' lives better. And, and that was always what my interest was. And so, you know, I, I won't read my resume to you, but as you point out, over the last 20 years or so, I've, I've played a number of different executive management roles in technology startups and big companies of all shapes and sizes. You know, a lot of it, you know, at the end of the day around, you know, again, that consumer-facing tech. And it's been great and I've loved it. You know, about four years ago when I was looking to figure out my next adventure, uh, I looked at a lot of different things. But when I came across Square Traded, I think there were two things fundamentally that I would say attracted me to it. One is that it was a disruptor, right? So, and it was a technology-based disruptor. And hopefully that's come across in some of the things I've described to you guys today. But even though it wasn't a traditional e-commerce sort of tech startup, it really started as a, a company that used tech to solve a problem for customers and make their lives better. And I had never really thought about the warranty industry that much, but as we all have had our little painful memories of what it was like, it resonated very much with me that this was an industry that was in, in dire need of disruption and that the benefit of this company was gonna be great for millions and millions of people. So you combine that with the fact that we were only partially, we'd just been acquired by Allstate and we were only like partially on our path to, you know, that disruption that, that we wanted to go achieve. It just felt like the perfect time to jump on board because there was so much growth opportunity uh, still in front of us. You know, that's, I guess that's really the main reason. I guess the second one is sort of similar, but I, you know, people refer to it as an insurance company or warranty company, which of course it is, but, but at its heart, like it really is 
a Silicon Valley startup and a tech company. And that's still how we operate and behave today. Even though we're part of Allstate and happily part of the Allstate family, we, you know, we still have, you know, our offices based in San Francisco and is where our headquarters is. And a lot of the same people are still with the company who were there prior to the acquisition. And we've really, really tried hard to maintain the culture that we had as a startup, right? Highly agile, fast moving, quick decisions, test and learn and iterate. Those are the values that you know, made us who we are. Uh, and I saw that when I was looking at the company and uh, saw the, the quality of the people that we had. And so uh, even though the sector is different, the core things that make a, you know, a place to work what it is and what makes people excited about a place to work were all there and felt very sort of continuous for me versus some of the other places I worked. Interesting. The product is so interesting because it's really not about... It is about mitigating risk. Um, and I was just thinking in my mind, I'm going to date myself, but the Walter Mitty uh, movie and Along Came Molly, these guys who are thinking about risk mitigation all the time. Uh, so to end maybe a little on a, a silly note, how do you think about risk in your own life when you're thinking about products? It seems like you would be pro-warranty on looking looking at product. And number two, this is always a, you know, to bring it full circle to retail. What are you shopping for next in your life? I am a believer in our product. I, I am not necessarily a, a believer in the old school uh, version of our product, but uh, no, I'm, I'm a happy uh, Allstate Protection Plan customer and uh, have availed myself of the service and my kids as well. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, the devices we carry around in our pockets are now often worth you know, $1,000 or more. And if you drop that thing, it's expensive to get it fixed. A mini computer in your pocket, yep. <laughs> That's, that's right. That's right. And um, I think the pandemic in many ways, and this kind of gets to your, your second point, you know, it's made all of these devices even more critical to us, right? We're so reliant on our phones. You know, if the internet goes down, I, I can tether to my phone now and, and, and not lose my ability to, to interact with my colleagues at work, right? My laptop is my entire work life there now. I mean, literally, it's not like something you carry around from meeting to meeting. It is where I have my meetings. Our source of entertainment is the television, right? Like, you know, we're not going to movie theaters anymore. The stress that we've put on um, our furniture, on our appliances, you know, we've replaced, you know, what am I shopping for? I'm shopping for all the things that keep breaking because we're using them so much. So like we've replaced our dishwasher, our microwave, our dryer, because these things are under incredible stress with, you know, myself, my wife, my three kids here all the time. So it's... Uh, what I'm shopping for is uh, is exactly that. It's the the things that are keep us connected and keep us going in this new world that we all live in. And I, I really couldn't imagine going around without those things being protected because they're just so critical. So interesting, yeah. And I imagine there was a an uptick during the pandemic on people buying home merchandise if they could get it because the supply chain was was wacky and replacing things. By the way, this accent wall gets a lot of intention on my Zoom, but you know, it was just I had to change up the the walls of a New York City apartment. So it's very funny. I'm a walking testimonial to everything you were just saying. With a one and a three-year-old at home, we buy every extended warranty right now because the number of times a shrieking toddler has run off with some expensive device is way too high. <laughs> Carl, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to have you just share how people can connect with you. For retailers who are interested, particularly retailers who are interested in our Allstate Protection Plans Express product, you can go to www.squaretrade.com express. 
that has a page which has all the information that you need about our Express product, uh, as well as ways to uh, get in touch with us so that uh, a member of our uh, sales team will contact you guys to, uh, to find out how to get going. Carl, great having you on the show. Thanks so much. Rob, thanks for co-hosting today. Thanks for listening and we'll see everybody soon. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.